Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you are stepping away from the radio for any reason, you don't have to miss out on the conversation here on Detroit Today. You can go to iTunes or wherever it is you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today, and you can take us with you, and then you can listen whenever or wherever you are ready. A little later in the show, we are going to talk with Kirk Steidel, who is the director of the Michigan Department of Transportation. Catch up with him on the $1.2 billion road funding package uh, that is paid for by increasing gas taxes and vehicle registration fees. Uh, Where are we with all of that? And how does the president's plans for infrastructure, how do they impact what we're doing here in the state of Michigan. So you're going to want to stay tuned to that conversation at about 45 past the hour. But we want to start with what happened yesterday at Michigan State University, where the Board of Trustees unanimously named former Michigan Governor John Engler the interim president of the university. Engler comes in to guide MSU through a period of time of multiple investigations into the university's handling of Larry Nasser while he was faculty at the school. Hiring Engler has some clear benefits, I guess, on the surface. He's known for being a political pit bull who understands how to navigate bureaucracies and get what he wants out of allies and rivals. But he's also a really polarizing figure in this state, and he has political baggage and conflicts of interest with the university and the attorney general's office. And as if this story isn't odd enough, Engler will be joined by a senior advisor at MSU, that is his former, the former Michigan governor, Jim Blanchard, the person that John Angler defeated at the ballot box to become governor. Angler is a Republican. Blanchard is a Democrat. They were political rivals. So uh, we want to start there with uh, that discussion, talking about this appointment of John Angler, a former governor, to lead uh, a prestigious university in our state. Is that the right call? Is that what the board of trustees should be looking to is a political strongman, which I think is the best way to describe uh, John Angler, uh, as somebody to bring more order and begin the period of healing at Michigan State University. And as always, we want to hear from you. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. What do you think about the appointment of John Angler to lead Michigan State University. Do you think we could have maybe gone in a different direction and gotten a better result uh, in the in the short term? Uh, also, tell us what you think about the future of Michigan State University. Who is the person that they should be looking to to lead the university into the future? Uh, John Engler is an interim appointee. I don't think anyone expects that he will be there uh, for a terribly long period of time. What's the kind of person that Michigan State should be seeking out to lead the university after Luanna Simon? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into 
the conversation. And joining us now to talk about Angler's appointment at MSU is Zach Gorchow. He is the editor editor of Gongwer News, also an alum of Michigan State University. He covered Angler's last term while he was a staff writer at Gongwer in the late 1990s. Zach, welcome to Detroit today. Morning, Stephen. Yeah. So I, I first want to get your reaction uh, to the idea of Angler as interim president. This was something that started to buzz around, it seemed, uh, last week, uh, and and now it's, it's reality. Uh, it's unconventional. I mean, I think there's no question uh, you can start there, but, but I'm curious of, uh, about what other reactions you have to it. I mean, this is a, this is a rescue mission that uh, this involves. And the, the, the reality is there wasn't going to be some magical uh, academia hero from, you know, a national figure who was going to come in on a, you know, basically a short-term notice with days of uh, notice to come in right away and start immediately addressing the problems. Now, there were a couple other names that, that had been circulated. You mentioned Governor Blanchard, uh, told he was very interested mm-hmm. in, in being the interim president. Uh, Mark Murray, uh, former Grand Valley state president, state treasurer under Engler, and a former um, lead financial person at MSU. Um, that there, there may have been some overtures to him as well. He's now at Meyer. Uh, from what we heard, that that may not have been what he was looking to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you got down to it, th- there wasn't going to be a terribly large pool of people with the you know resume and ability and uh, credibility to come in on day's notice, um, and the desire, really, to come in on day's notice um, and take on uh, pretty much an unprecedented situation. Sure. And uh, I think the feeling was, that Engler, because of his reputation uh, as, a, as a bull in a china shop, as, as you kind of put it in your intro, that, that he's going to come in there um, and he's not going to just uh, let the kind of things that have happened at Michigan State, uh, you know, turning a blind eye and allowing uh, completely unacceptable um, actions to go forward, that, that he will, um, I don't know if clean house is the right word, but that... Uh, he, he will not hesitate to move in, in cold-blooded fashion uh, to uh, bring the university back from the abyss. Now, yeah, Engler is a polarizing figure. Um, you know, the Demo- many Democrats in the state who were he, who were around when he was governor uh, are still resentful of, of his policies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't see this as you know John Engler being brought in to turn. Michigan State University into some conservative ideological laboratory. It, it, this this feels to me more like this is the this is the best option we got to come in with days notice and, and try to start restoring some credibility to the university. Yeah. So so most universities, you know, I mean, uh, deal with this in very different ways. I mean, they lose presidents all the time. And uh, typically it's the provost uh, that, that you look to as that the, that interim uh, manager while you go out and look for uh, a president. The idea here of getting a politician, I think, uh, signals signals a different kind of thinking on the, on the part of the board of trustees. And as you point out, uh, you know, Engler's reputation as somebody who can get things done, who will not stand uh, sort of idly by while while people engage in misconduct or or, or 
or poor decision making uh, explains that. But but when you make it. it when you make it about a politician, you also then bring all of the baggage that that politician has with you. And that includes some conflicts here. I mean, Bill Schuette, uh, I think, is the one that stands out the most to me. He was uh, head of the agriculture department under Engler. He's now the attorney general. He's also uh, somebody who's now investigating what happened at Michigan State while Engler has come out and said that he supports Bill Schuette for governor, I mean, navigating those things, I think, will be tougher, perhaps, than the board of trustees anticipated. Yeah, I mean, the investigation piece of this is uh, a political mess. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Now, the extent to which it would be a conflict, I suppose, would be if um, you know Bill Schuette has sent over already, and Bill Forsythe, the prosecutor he's tasked to lead the investigation a lengthy list of requests of to michigan state of documents and records that they want now the problem would come if if john engler decided not to turn that stuff over that that's when you'd have a problem now mm-hmm. I, it strikes me as extremely unlikely that john engler you know as the interim president is going to say no you can't have um, this person's computer, uh, who was the dean of the College of Osteopathic Medicine, and that, that's one of the things that the investigators have asked for. Uh, but that is, you know, that could be a pressure point if at some point they don't want to turn something over. Um, but it, it, it strikes me, as, if you really think that, that John Engler is some, and Bill Schuette, that this is somehow a big conflict, then it, it strikes me that John Engler, because he's endorsed Bill Schuette, if, if anything else, he would want to be. He would want to help Shooty, you know, get to the bottom of this as much as possible. Right. Um, now it's not to say there aren't unforeseen things that could happen, but it basically the, it, the presumption would be that, that John Engler is going to going to become a roadblock to the investigation. And if you heard what he said yesterday, it, it just strikes me that that seems very improbable. Um, now, if the, the investigation starts turning toward you know, we don't, we don't, you know, Engler has been, as you mentioned, he's an alumnus of the university, 1971. He's mm-hmm. very, you know, rooted in the, the inner circle. Now, if the investigation were to take an unexpected turn away from some of the major names that have come up so far and were to somehow touch somebody that we may not be aware that he is very close to, yeah, it could, you know, that could create an uncomfortable situation. Um, but I also would, you know, Again, is John Engler going to, you know, wreck, uh, you know, essentially a 40-year legacy by becoming an obstacle to the investigation? I mean, I, I don't see him coming in here to do a short-term job and then have his legacy be, I obstructed an investigation. Right. I mean, that, that just doesn't add up to me. It does, um, yeah. Now, I could be wrong, but yeah. it, that just doesn't compute. So, so I also wonder, though, about this Bridge Magazine report yesterday that shows or that reminds us of the way John Engler handled uh, sexual assault uh, scandal when he was governor, that, that you had all these uh, women prisoners uh, who, who had, had been sexually assaulted by prison guards. Uh, his handling of that was pretty cold, uh, as I remember, and the Bridge report sort of reflects that. I, I mean, I think that also plays into the, the, the kind of baggage. I mean, again, somebody who was a politician for such a long time in this state who made a lot of very bold decisions uh, and, and, uh, and actions, 
it, it's just hard, I think, to separate all that from from this situation. Sure, and, and I understand, and, and you know that that is true. You know, when a number of uh, women prisoners sued the state in the '90s, claiming that corrections officers for the Michigan Department of Corrections had sexually assaulted and abused them, that the state dug in uh, and resisted that litigation fiercely, and it, it wasn't ultimately settled until late in the Granholm administration. I guess we should mention, you know, it wasn't like the Granholm administration came in and they immediately settled the case. Sure. You know, it, it was several years of the state still being dug in. Uh, but finally, it was, it was settled, and the state ended up paying a fortune in, in damages mm-hmm. uh, to these women. Now, that is probably the single biggest immediate question that former Governor Angler has to answer, and I think in a lot of ways will signal what this interim presidency is going to be, is will he tell MSU's attorneys to uh, contact the plaintiff's attorneys, that there are over 100 women and girls uh, who have sued uh, Michigan State University and the U.S. District Court in Grand Rapids over over the Nassar case, um, will he tell them, go talk to the plaintiffs, let's cut a deal? Yeah. Um, or will he do what Michigan State has been doing, which is to concede nothing? They have filed a motion to dismiss, right. making arguments about things like statute of limitations, arguing the university has absolute immunity, arguing that uh, the, the women did not tell employees at the university who were required to do anything with that information. Um, you know, it's a motion that, while legally defensible, has been a disaster in, in the court of public opinion. Um, and will he, will he say, nope, we're going to keep defending this to the hilt, and we're going to concede nothing? Um, it, will that be the strategy? If that ends up being the strategy, he's, you know, the, the goodwill that I think he's hoping to get from the, the victims and survivors of Larry Nassar will, will dissipate quickly to the extent it exists at all. Um, and uh, he's he's going to be under a lot of criticism yeah. uh, if they continue to you know a strategy of that seems to be let's drag this out as long as possible and concede nothing. He could incur quite a bit of goodwill if there is some sort of overture. Of course, the university has been very concerned about if it does that, will its insurers not cover the liability? That's they right. Owe. That's right. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Zach Gorchow, editor of Gongwer News, also an alum of Michigan State University. He covered Angler's last term while a staff writer at Gongwer in the late 90s. Uh, Zach, thanks very much for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Absolutely. When we come back, we're going to hear two different perspectives on John Angler's ability to run MSU. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. 313 1019 is the number. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. WDET, bringing you culture and information that empowers our community. Every day on 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. confidence in anybody or anyone or any institution at the moment. People have been shattered by this. Lives have been damaged. And so this is not something where words suffice, nor do rhetorical statements or manifestos or anything else. 
You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We're talking about the MSU Board of Trustees and their decision to appoint former Governor John Angler as the university's interim president in the wake of the Larry Nassar sex abuse scandal. Now, we're going to hear from two people who had experience with John Angler when he was governor. They have different opinions about his appointment to Michigan State. Matt Resch is the founder of Resch Strategies, a political public relations consulting firm. He's also a former press secretary for Dick Posthumus, who was lieutenant governor under then-governor John Angler. Matt, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thanks for having me on again. So let's start with why you, I assume, think this is a pretty good choice for Michigan State at this point. Tell me why. Well, I have tremendous respect for, for Governor Engler. I, I worked with him along with Lieutenant Governor Postumus back in, in the 90s and, and early 2000s. I think he is a tremendous leader. Um, anyone who worked with him in his time uh, when he was governor knows how strategic he is, how smart and wise he is, um, and how tough he is. And I think that those are three uh, attributes in someone who uh, – is going to be taking a very, very tough job. I think those are attributes that are going to be needed at Michigan State. I think he brings those to the job, and um, I think he'll do a really a really good job there for the school. So, so let me push back a little on that. Uh, Governor Angler is a pretty polarizing figure in this state. I mean, somebody who, as you point out, was a pretty tough negotiator, uh, was pretty strategic, very bright, uh, but also associated with any number of of controversial decisions and actions uh, while he was in office. We've seen some of the reaction uh, to his appointment in Michigan State uh, be associated with that with that controversy. Why, why choose somebody who is as divisive as Engler is? Well, I think there are two important things to remember. And I've seen, I've seen the coverage. I've seen the reaction. I've seen the protests by some students who were, well, I think, probably in first grade when John Engler last walked out of the state and, and came back. So <laughs> Um, I'm not sure that the historical purpose perspective they bring to it, but two things to remember. The first being the, the word before president, which is interim. This is a, a short-term measure to get them through a very tough patch. This isn't a permanent hire uh, to lead the university into the future. And I think that people need to remember that, that this is not, this is not the long-term solution, but they needed a short-term answer. And someone, uh, there was a leadership void. Luana Simon was gone. There was... Um, dysfunction on the board of trustees, someone needed to be there to start making decisions. And I think on an interim basis, um, I can think of really no one better than, than Governor Engler. The other thing that I think is even more important to remember is that 15 years ago, John Engler left the governor's office, and I think he consciously made a decision to leave the state. He hasn't been a public figure here in the state for the last 15 years. He's lived in Washington, D.C., and there he has led uh, two enormous organizations that are not partisan. They're not controversial. They are. Um, it, it's fift, it's 15 years of experience um, that he has gained. Now that he's coming back to, I think people are reflecting their 1994, their 1997, their 2000 memories of John Engler on John Engler of 2018. And I think he left the state 
in 2008, in 2002, a, a political figure. I think he's returning to the state as a statesman, someone who is no longer a politician, but someone who has been, you know, quote unquote, out in the real world, outside of politics, working in business, working in government, working in nonprofit sectors, coming back with those experiences. He is not the person who ran for governor in, in the early 1990s or the not. person he left when he left the office. He's a very different person, and I think that that perspective uh, will help him. And I think that's an important perspective for people to remember when they think about John Engler in 2008. So, so, so sort of following along that, that train of thought then, I mean, I, I remember John Engler quite well uh, uh, from the time when uh, he first ran for governor up through uh, the three terms he served. Uh, as as governor here in in uh, in Michigan, and one thing I do remember about him is when when criticism uh, cropped up, when people uh, took after him or disagreed with him, even uh, that's when you saw that toughness, right? That's when you saw him really push back and push back hard. Uh, I mean, he was he was a ruthless uh, uh, leader in that sense. Uh, and it seems like right now at Michigan State, you need the opposite, right? You need somebody who can bring people together around uh, the, the, the idea of putting things back together, getting that place back uh, under some sort of normal governance. Talk about that part of John Engler. Do you believe that that part of him has changed uh, over the last 15 years? Two things. I think I, I disagree with your premise in what Michigan State needs. I think that for the last 15 years, um, the university would have done very well to have a single person on that campus push back on the Larry Nasser issue. Uh, no victims, question. Victims came to people and asked for help, and they could have had someone there pushing back on their behalf, and they never did. So having John Engler in this position, if he's tough and he's going to push back and start to question the normal practices that have gone on there on the campus, I think that's a good thing. Well, I think the other thing as far as bringing people together, that's the point I'm making over the last 15 years. His, his job for the last 15 years as he's been out of the state and has really been out of any kind of media attention uh, here for people in the state to, to, to watch and pay attention to has been exactly that. He's been leading major organizations of coalitions of companies, of businesses um, around common ideas, companies that may not agree on much of anything, um, bringing those folks together. And I think that that is something that um, will help him as he negotiates what's going to be an incredibly tough landscape to get through at Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, one of the criticisms that has already cropped up is his handling of uh, this lawsuit brought by female prisoners here mm -hmm. in Michigan uh, that was that was settled for a hundred million dollars that inspired some pretty cruel changes actually in 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 the law to try to prevent those those that class of people from being able to complain about the way that they were uh, treated through the courts. Uh, how how can John Angler defend that? kind of uh, action, and which I think it really typifies the way he led the state uh, and the way that, uh, that he responded to criticism uh, of any kind when he was governor. How, how can you sort of roll into the, the Michigan State uh, situation and handle that with the sensitivity that's necessary? I mean, the, the pushback for him often has been against people who were victims. Uh, of 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 his policies, how could how how will this be different? I, I don't think it will be hard, and I think it'll be very different. For one, because he's been president for twenty four hours, he's not he is not has not the responsibility for um, or needs to answer for anything that's happened before he took office yesterday. I don't think 
I think people would be mistaken to think that just because he's a Spartan um, and a Spartan fan, that he is going to come in and immediately take up take up the mantle of uh, distraction and excuses that the mm-hmm. leaders before him brought. I think that he he has a blank slate. He's he's there, I think, to try to get the the, the campus and the university back on the right foot. He's not there to defend anything in the past. He that's not going to help him, and that's certainly not going to help. Uh, any legacy that he hopes to have from having this short-term job. But I think that he comes at it with a blank slate and an open mind without the baggage of having to defend or protect whatever happened before him. And right, at, at MSU. But he, but doesn't he have to sort of explain or at least try to defend uh, this particular accusation about these women prisoners? I mean, there are a lot of people, I'm one of them, who remember that time mm-hmm. here in the state of Michigan, remember how he handled it. Uh, what What... What uh, what's his, what's the space he can occupy that would assure people that that's not the way he's going to approach uh, uh, something at Michigan State? Well, I think he should answer those questions, and I think that he'll he'll get them. And I I'm, I don't know how he will answer them, but I don't think that he should run away from answering them. I also think that it's. It's unfortunate, but it's, it's kind of the nature. You have, we had no idea Larry Nasser was going to happen. We had no idea that any of this stuff was going to happen. So to take the, take the past and reflect it onto a situation that no one could ever have anticipated um, is, is challenging for anyone who were asking to step up into a leadership position. Um, he will answer for it, and he's never been afraid, I don't think, to answer for the things that decisions he's made and the things that have happened in, in, in the past. I think you probably will have to answer questions like that. Um, but again, I think that Overall, the choice of him leading this institution at this point, along with, with Governor Blanchard at his side, I think yeah. um, on a short-term basis is about as the best as the Board of Trustees could do. Okay, Matt Resch, founder of Resch Strategies, a political public relations consulting firm, former press secretary for Dick Posthumus when he was lieutenant governor, under then-Governor John Engler. As always, thanks for joining us on Detroit Today. Thanks. Now joining us with a different perspective of John Engler is Deborah LaBelle. She is a practicing civil rights attorney in Ann Arbor. Deborah, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Yeah. So you have a very different perspective on uh, John Engler than Matt Resch, uh, who worked as part of the Engler administration. Tell me uh, what your reaction is to the idea that he will lead Michigan State, even on an interim basis. So the question that I had, and it comes from really two two issues under uh, John Engler's tenure as governor here, was really whether there had been some due diligence before selecting him. And the reason for that was the one case that um, you mentioned just previously, and it was a case involving girls and women in detention in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And, um, all happened under uh, John Engler's reign. And in fact, you know, it started in 1994 where the Department of Justice asked to come in and investigate allegations of girls and women being raped in the Michigan's women's prisons and extensive sexual abuse of girls and women by male staff and officers. And a letter was sent in 1995 to Governor Engler by the Department of Justice asking to investigate. They refused to allow them in. Um, they um, did nothing in response to the DOJ report, claiming there was virtually nothing they could do. The allegations were too general. But they didn't even send the report to the wardens of the facilities who said, we were unaware that, they, you know, that the DOJ was conducting an investigation. We would have done something. Then in 96, Human Rights Watch report comes in and says, 
there are serious problems here. You're not investigating it. The, um, the state's response was through the director that Governor Engler appointed, Mr. McGinnis, was that it was all crap. It was either consensual mm-hmm. or the women were lying. And so, you know, this went on and on. The United Nations tried to come in in 1998. They appointed a special rapporteur. And Michigan was the only state under Governor Engler, and he sent a letter to the council saying that they wouldn't be allowed to come in and investigate. The problem with this is that when you, and they claimed, Governor Engler said that they were baseless complaints, even though there had been no investigation. And so the abuse went on until he left office, and then Governor Granholm came in, and the case was, they had now become over 900 women and girls who were sexually assaulted. And the case resulted in a settlement, two jury verdicts of millions of dollars and over $100 million costing the state of Michigan because of the refusal to take these complaints seriously. Hmm. And so I say, you know, really, he may have changed, you know, but the but what other concern I have is I know about that. And the other really failed policy was he opened in 1999, um, what he called the punk prison for right. kids out right. in Baldwin. And that, too, that whole process resulted in um, having to close after he left office in 2005, after in deep and serious abuses of children that occurred out there that no one investigated under his tenure. And so I don't know him. I know two deeply failed policies and refusal to keep an eye on things that resulted in deep and long-lasting harm to children and girls and women in this state. And and here he steps into a role where there is still, I guess, a, a driving need for someone who is more sensitive to the idea of what the victim side is in, in, in this right. case. You I mean, would think you'd get someone in that role who had not a history of turning away and not understanding it and dismissing sexual abuse complaints by women and girls is, you know, not understanding the nature of power. I mean, this was uh, male staff raping women and girls, which there's no dispute that it happened, but to claim that they were either consensual or lying and to not understand the power differential is is deeply disturbing. Now, you know, and not to understand the power differential to put children in a prison under, you know, adult staff without any training and what could occur there. And so you say, well, you know, my only concern was, did they do due diligence? Did they raise this um, and say, have you changed? Did you, you know, maybe there's a mea culpa. Listen, I learned from a deep history of mistakes here, and I apologize. It won't happen again. That's one thing. But to not even inquire, to not even to dismiss all the, all those choices and his persistent in those kinds of face in the face of allegations of turning away from it. I think, given what is at issue for MSU, uh, I, it's hard to understand that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Deborah LaBelle. She's a practicing civil rights attorney. In Ann Arbor, we are talking about John Engler and his appointment as interim president at Michigan State University. Uh, Some people think this is the right pick. Uh, 
uh, for Michigan State right now. Uh, other people are quite critical of it and believe that uh, that this is is the wrong pick uh, because of the former governor's uh, track record, particularly on women's issues, particularly on any issue uh, that requires some sort of empathy uh, with victims, particularly uh, uh, children, women, uh, those kind of things. What do you think? What do you think about the idea of Michigan State choosing the former governor to lead it even on an interim basis? Uh, Are you an MSU grad? Uh, We're really curious what you think about your alma mater and where it is headed. Uh, Give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Ed in Detroit. Ed, welcome to Detroit Today. Yes. uh, As usual, you you put on a great program uh, that forces us to think. Thank you. Um, I I, um, I want to offer a possible successor to President Simon. Um, this woman is a uh, is an alumna of MSU. Indeed, while I doubt they ever met, she w- she was a contemporary uh-huh. of John Engler at uh, at MSU. Her name is Teresa Sullivan. She's currently the president at the University of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was also, uh, prior to uh, taking the position at Virginia, she was a provost at the University of Michigan, your alma mater, right? and was uh, an administrator and professor at the University of Texas, Austin, for several decades. Uh, I think, you know, MSU needs, needs to obviously um, look in the mirror. I think all of, all of her... Her um, students, who people have been students there, her alum, um, want the university to come through this crisis and out on the other side be a better place. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Ed, uh, first of all, the suggestion of Teresa Sullivan is, uh, I think, a, a, a quite good one. Uh, and I'll listen on the radio. Th- thanks very much for the call. You know, uh, one of the things that I really wondered about here was, uh, the the optics uh, of picking any man at this point uh, to 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 lead the university and and you hate to you know you hate to go down the road of of uh, you know eliminating people because of their gender but but here you have such a sensitive uh, space to have to navigate in terms of uh, the in terms of the sensitivity. To women and and their issues, I, I I really wondered whether whether a woman m- might not be the the sort of obvious choice. Uh, John Engler is is I think an extreme in any in any context here. Um, you know, somebody who who's not just not a woman, but somebody who has been insensitive on this on this uh, on this topic before. But Ed, I think uh, those are really interesting. Those are really interesting thoughts, and we will see what the Board of Trustees does, uh, you know, as they get into the question of who's going to lead the university permanently. Uh, let's go to Sydney and Troy. Sydney, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Um, my comment was actually exactly that. Why was a woman not considered, or maybe a woman was, but at that rate, you, it seems they're putting somebody here 
in a situation where they chose to turn away the idea that these women were victims of sexual harassment and sexual assault, you know, just completely. It feels like a joke. Like, this man intentionally turned away those those allegations and that idea, that premise completely before. Yeah. And now you're going to put him in a place where he's, again, in power, and there's people who, students, who don't have the, you know, the power or the authority over a teacher in any situation. I, I don't know. It just seems so offensive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's one of the things that, that a lot of people are sitting back and looking at and thinking, what is the, what's the moral context in which this board, this board of trustees is acting at this point? What are the things that they're thinking about uh, and, and how are they allowing that to guide their decisions in one way or another? And I, you know, I think, uh, I, I think there's, there, there are a lot of questions that, that are reasonably asked and need to be reasonably answered. Okay, Deborah LaBelle, practicing civil rights attorney in Ann Arbor. I want to thank you very much for being here on Detroit Today. Um, thank you. I, I just think it's unfortunate we have to even be having this discussion. It should be focused on the girls that were harmed. Yes, yes, no question. Uh, thank you again for joining okay. us. Up next, uh, we're going to talk about potholes. We're going to talk about roads. We're going to talk about the money that we have to fix our roads. How is it going to be used over the next year or so? Kirk Steidel, director of the Michigan Department of Transportation, is going to join us. And we want to hear from you. What do you think about the state of the roads? Really awful right now And as we get the thaw going and notice all the potholes that have cropped up over the winter. What do you think about the prospect for a better system of roads here in Michigan? 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back on Detroit Today.